Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug and play type of scope housing, where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now, when you site in your 20 yard mark, you can really fine tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with, with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com. At the 2020 ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran Four Blade. As you can see, four blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original two-blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades. Okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free solid containment 100 percent deployment every time so we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time so that's what's new for vip this year we would like to just take a second to help you make the final decision on your new Kydex holster. We the People offers all American-made holsters designed for everyday carry. Whether it's inside the waistband or outside, these holsters are made with quality and don't break your bank like other high-end holster companies. And plus, they offer free shipping on all orders in the USA. So go have a look, and while you're at it, check out what else they have to offer. Merch link in bio. Thank you folks for tuning in to another episode of Bucks America Cooking. I'm your host, Jeff Vance, and tonight's guest is Cameron Stouffer. So, Cameron, we've been talking about uh, different foods, stuff like that, and I, I kind of spurred this on to you earlier today. I forgot to mention it uh, uh, 
earlier last week so this way you can prepare for it. But you sent me a nice little write-up, and that's going to be, of course, be posted in the show notes. But why, I'm kind of curious on your favorite cut of meat, and then, like, break it down for us, brother. My favorite cut of meat is all going to come off from the backstrap of the white-tailed deer. Uh, it's, there's nothing better than having that fresh. Uh, come celebrate with your buddies. Cut the backstraps off the deer. Take the time. Get it seasoned for 30 minutes or something like that at room temperature. Let those, let those flavors kind of absorb and then start grilling. Uh, that's one of the favorite times, like back on Missouri on our hunt. Uh, that was one of the things I got to do with my Missouri buck from this past year. Uh, we were all back celebrating, taking photos, but we were there to eat at the end of the day. So we got to sit down and have a nice meal, courtesy of the, the buck that I just killed. So uh, quick and easy. And then one of the favorite things I like to do with regardless of the cut of meat, I like to season it before I freeze it. Okay. A lot of, a lot of people just want to package it, get it ready, throw it in the freezer. I like to take the time um, and season the meat, pack it, let it sit in the fridge overnight, let all those flavors kind of absorb into the meat, and then freeze it the next morning. Interesting. That's a very interesting perspective because I we do used to do that with poultry. Used to take uh, Italian dressing, put it in the bag, then freeze it just like that. Yep. See, I let mine sit in the fridge overnight, not get frozen too quick. Uh, and the reason why I do this is I'm usually just cooking for myself right now, especially or a small meal for somebody that comes over. Uh, so I don't have the time when I get off work to thaw something out and then take the time to season it and stuff like that. So when I get when I get up in the morning, I know I'm cooking that night. I'll go ahead and lay that cut of meat out and it's ready to go for the next day. But when I get home, it's already heated up to room temperature. It's already seasoned and it's ready to go as soon as I get home. Now, when you season it, are you just using like uh, dried ingredients or do you season it in a liquid or for a marinade or do you do that? I prefer dry uh, just because of it's easier. Um, there's some great liquid marinades and stuff like that that you can utilize, but I just prefer a dry uh, rub to put over top of it. And then I'm good to go. Now, uh, when you after you, after you thaw out the backstrap or something, since you're, since it's already ready to go, do you grill it? Do you smoke it? Do you bake it? What do you? How do you uh, prepare the meal? How is it prepared to eat? Okay, if I'm just cooking for myself, I'm actually not going outside to the grill. I'm actually going to my Ninja Foodie Grill. This XL thing. It's all okay. Digital, and it, it is amazing how good a steak cooked on this thing tastes compared to cooking it any other way than, than being on a smoker. I, you got the smoker on the camp chef and I think they're it's few, far and few between. And then you got the Ninja foodie XL, but how moist that meat is and how perfectly it's cooked every time just blows my mind. And every time I cook on it and, uh, for somebody else, they're just shocked at how, how great it tastes. So if anybody out there is cooking small meals, like one or two steaks, maybe three at the most, um, I would definitely invest in one of these things because it's cleanup is so much easier and I don't have to go outside and worry about trying to grill when it's 20 degrees outside. True. No, I've never heard of this, this XL foodie from Ninja. What is this, this device? I'm curious. Um, it's well, I bought, I needed an air fryer is what I really wanted, but this has an, it, you can bake in it. It's an air fryer. It's a grill. Um, and I think it does a couple other things that I haven't even used it for, but uh, basically it's like a George Foreman grill on steroids. And instead of it being a hot plate kind of deal, it's all air circulated, like convection, um, cooker, like an air fryer. And, oh man, it's just amazing. That sounds interesting. It's very quick. Yep. At, 
It's very quick. Just a couple minutes. Wow, that sounds pretty interesting. Because we, I have an air fryer too. My mother-in-law got it for my wife and I for Christmas, and we've really quite enjoyed it for the different things we've tried with it. But I had my the the guest I had that's coming on for this week's podcast. He turned a cut of meat. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but he turned it into jerky. Okay. And, and it, but the air fryer will do it. It takes about three hours to do with the whole process, but you know it, it even tells you when to flip it over, and it's kind of got to give or take. You, you got to play around with the figure, like the thickness and stuff, to make it because it's like it's not an exact science because it's still a new technology that nobody really has a cookbook on how to really uh, experiment with that yet. So maybe somebody does. I just don't know about it. But uh, it's it's uh, when the episode drops on Friday, you guys will be get to get to hear about more about it. But it's something that if you're this little foodie thing, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look this uh, device. I'm hopefully uh, hunting gear deals will have a cooking section for different stuff. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to have yeah, that. Yeah, right, especially for us foodies. You know, um, I had the pleasure of having a nice um, uh, dinner with some of my friends uh, two weeks ago on Friday, and uh, I, I, I smoked up some backstrap, smoked up some pike, and it turned out to be a really good, really good uh, meal because it's the first time I ever smoked uh, pike, so it was it was a different challenge, but uh, it turned out very well. The flavor was delivered. It, uh, the rub, I didn't do enough rub on it, but it's, it's, it was kind of a nice, but everybody else enjoyed it. Everybody ate it. So, so that was, I was happy about that. Yeah. I will say that I used to cook a lot on cast iron and that has replaced my cast iron skillets. My cast iron skillets probably come out maybe once a month. Whereas that Ninja foodie grill, it's getting used each week, multiple times a week. Yeah. It's tough. Cause it's like, we really like, well, our last place had gas. Now our newest place here has electric. So I'm not quite happy about it. So we have a whole selection of cast iron. So, but uh, I, I'll, 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 I'll have to give that a shot then with uh, look like uh, look up the device here and figure out how I can make the translate into an air fryer because I I still use um, my cast iron on my Camp Chef grill. So I still make sure I'm able to get after it and use it th- throughout the week. Yeah, now I use the grilling option on this, but it, air frying is just one of the one of the features that it has. Okay. So uh, I use the grilling section of it, right. but the heat comes from the top. It doesn't come from a hot plate. Oh, I like that technology. I like that uh, perspective. It's I, I love it. I, I would definitely recommend anyone get one. And if they weren't so expensive, I'd be buying them for gifts a lot too. But they're about two hundred bucks a pop. So. Yeah, it sounds like the technology yeah. is still fairly new, so it'll probably take a couple of years before we start seeing it drop from two hundred to one fifty to one hundred. Yeah, and they and the more features you say this product has, and of course you can jack the price up. And if you're the brand, like for instance. Band-Aid, you're the Band-Aid brand for this device, then you can charge more money because that's what people think of when they think of this product is your brand name rather than the product that you're selling. Yeah, yeah very valid. Very true there. Uh, then any, was there any other, do you have any other, uh, I mentioned earlier that you could do like a, you have a dessert or any other, like an appetizer you want to provide the audience for something for a Friday night? Uh, one of the things I like to do in the spring, uh, I like to dig wild ramps. And a lot of times people only make ramps into like fried potatoes and stuff like that. But I've incorporated wild ramps into butter. Um, and it's super simple to do. But all you do is just let the butter um, kind of soften or uh, come up to room temperature, mix, uh, dice up your wild ramps very thinly, um, and then put them in a blender with the butter. 
And then as you just blend it up really nice and neat and then let it harden by putting it in a container of a uh, smaller size. Uh, if you're doing a large quantity, then you're going to want to freeze it. But I'll use this ramp butter that takes just minutes to make and preserve for the whole year. Um, and I'll utilize it either to melt into a steak. You don't want to use too much, but I love to fr- make fr- uh, scrambled eggs with it. We're interesting. So I've never heard of it. So it's ramp, R-A-M-P. Yep. Some people call wild ramps leaks. That may be more like the technical term for them, but we call them ramps around here. So it's basically like a wild onion, but with a stronger kind of like garlicky taste. Oh, okay. Some people call them a delicacy. Some people call them nasty. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But any any, any, uh, foodie will be able to make it work, especially if you try it. Now, is it only local to West Virginia? No, no. I, I don't know. I've never been to a state that people didn't talk about them, so I didn't know it wasn't a thing where you live. I, at, I may so. have not heard of it or come across it in my circle, so it's like it's like it, I was curious about it because like my I did, uh, I've had uncles that were really had a, had the, the talent for being having a green thumb, but they never raised or grew that particular combination where it has that. Uh, it was like the sweeter onions. That's what they're that's what they're more geared towards. But that sounds interesting to have the onion with the garlic uh, undertone with it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very stout. It's not a it's not something you want to eat and then go out on a date with. <laughs> yeah. You plan the you plan the meal over not going out and being around people because they're very stout. And when you cook them in your house, like especially with like fried potatoes or something like that, you might as well open up all the windows, get your onyx or your onyx, your ozonics and start running in the house and killing all that odor because it's gonna stink the house up. Sounds like that's something you and use on a grill. <laughs> No. Yeah, I mean, if you can use it outside, great, but like I prefer it in butter. And when I put it in butter, man, I just love it. Nice. Then, so now do you melt the butter, put everything in, then let it, then, and uh, uh, cool it down again? Is that how you, or do you have your own uh, recipe for butter? You don't melt, you don't melt, uh, I'll just buy regular butter in the store, but I do buy, um, there's a local dairy here that sells Amish butter, um, like a larger one pound stick. So, Usually you want to mix like six ounces of ramps with the bulbs attached to one pound of butter. And then you can kind of change that up depending on how big those ramps are. And some are more potent than others. So you can change that up with your recipe, but it's really, really, really easy to do. And preserving ramps is kind of hard. Uh, and that's one of the best ways I've found to preserve those ramps for all season. Wow, that I learned something new about uh, a vegetable that I have not come across with. So thank you for that little uh, gem. Okay, hey, anytime. You're welcome. All right, then, man. Thank you for being on the podcast again. I appreciate the the recipe the recipe you gave me. I'll post that in the show notes. So this way, then the guests or the listeners can try it themselves. All right, sounds good. And maybe uh, this spring, if you reach out to me, I'll hook you up with some ranks. Yeah. Well, is it, is it already past the... Uh, yeah. Okay. They're, they're gone. They, they pop up really early in the spring. They're one of the first things to green up, actually. Um, and they're bulb plants, so they kind of die off and they're they're underground for the year, and then they'll pop back up in the spring again. Ah, okay. It's kind of like our morels here. Well, morels are found everywhere, so it's like... But I think here, that's more of a, a sought-after ingredient is the morels over the, lamp, the, over the ramps. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, morels are a favorite around here, but you're not picking up as many morels usually in this area compared to probably where it's you're used to in Michigan and Wisconsin, places like that. So definitely 
love a fresh mess of morels. Oh, yeah, especially uh, with stuff with some cream cheese and some uh, jalapeno peppers. Wrap that in some bacon and smoke that. Oh, you're just heaven. Oh, yeah, I see. Mine never make it past usually like butter. <laughs> butter and flour. And I'll, I'll mix in like maybe some Uncle Bucks or something like yeah. that with the, with the flour. But usually I don't pick enough to, to start experimenting with. I, you know, I miss, I miss that uh, window of opportunity here, but it's like, I just, you know, it's just, I, I haven't, I didn't make the time. So therefore I can't say I didn't have the time. I just didn't make the time for it. So, uh, you know, it's like, but it's not something I am heartbroken over if I don't have them for the year. So it's it just, it's just nice to have. Yep. They're a nice delicacy and they taste delicious. Oh, yes, they do. Thank you again, Cameron, for coming on. Appreciate it. So again, folks, go check out uh, huntinggeardeals.com and find yourself self uh, a uh, some deals. You're welcome. All right. We are done, done.